Today we're going to spend some time meditating on some texts from Luke chapters 1 and 2 and Matthew chapter 2. As I mentioned last week in the message titled Christ-like birthing, I mentioned that uh, Christmas signifies a new sense of beginning. But today I want to say that Christmas signifies a new sense of beginning, but also a sense of fulfillment in all things. Christmas, also known as the Advent, is the season when we are waiting for the coming of the Lord. That's the first coming 2,000 years ago, but we are still waiting for the second coming. And the first coming has to do with beginning in terms of conception and pregnancy and birthing of the Messiah. But at the same time, that first coming signified the fulfillment of a promise or series of promises in the Old Testament. There were all these prophecies spoken about the coming of the Messiah and it was fulfilled through the incarnation of Jesus Christ and the death of Jesus Christ. And so, in one sense, we can say that when we begin, we also fulfill something. And in that fulfillment, we begin again for a whole new series of events that will happen until that comes to a fulfillment. And so what is this concept of fulfillment? I know that today we're saddened by the news that one of our family members is ailing and we don't know what's going to happen. We're all waiting for the, uh, the diagnosis to come out and, and uh, we just pray and hope for the very best. But at the same time, even though our hearts are heavy, we know that even this situation will come to some kind of fruition, some kind of fulfillment. You know, there's a term in Greek for the term fulfillment or fullness, and that is the term pleroma. And this has to do with that, that type of life or fulfillment that Jesus talked about. He talked about abundant life, life to the fullest, overflowing. So that there's a sense of sufficiency and satisfaction in that. And this is exactly what we see in the Christmas scene. When we find the baby Jesus lying in the manger, we see that this is a sign of a fulfillment. Right there in the presence of Jesus, we see in that little baby fulfillment for the whole nation of Israel, but especially for those people who actually witnessed Jesus on the scene. And so today we're going to consider seven categories of people. And we're going to simply read the scripture from Luke chapters 1 and 2 and Matthew chapter 2. And, uh, and we'll go around and each of us read a portion of the scripture. And I'll just briefly comment on that. It's pretty much self-explanatory that each of these figures and a group of people also, they felt a sense of fulfillment. Something personally, but at the same time for their own nation, something that they've been waiting for a long time, praying for a very long time, 
It's as though, like Mary herself, it was a fulfillment of that conception, that pregnancy, that birthing process. It was a fulfillment of the prophecy by the angel Gabriel. But likewise, we see other figures in the first two chapters of uh, these two Gospels that we see in the other figures also it was a form of fulfillment. And so let's see what kind of fulfillment each of them have experienced. Let's start with the Elizabeth. And we'll just go chronologically uh, through the text. In Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45, shall we read this out loud together? When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Amen. So what was the uh, sense of fulfillment for Elizabeth, who is actually the mother of John the Baptist, the cousin of the Lord Jesus Christ? And it was John the Baptist who would be born a number of months before Jesus would be born. And so even in Elizabeth's womb, the, the fetus of John the Baptist recognized the Messiah and he leapt for joy. And that's what Elizabeth experienced. And she associated that as sort of like a prophetic unction with which she prophesied to Mary. That she did good. She has believed what the Lord had said would be accomplished. Therefore, she will be blessed. And she was filled with joy. So what kind of fulfillment was this for Elizabeth? Her situation was somewhat different from Mary, which we will read about in a few minutes. But it was very much related to someone else's fulfillment. Sometimes we can become instrument of God to bring fulfillment to others and rejoicing in the fulfillment of others. And that's what ministry is about anyway. That we bless others so that they would come into that fruition and that, that sense of fulfillment. So Elizabeth is a very good example of someone who rejoiced over the fulfillment that Mary is going to have. And so we should always remember, it's not just only about our own fulfillment. It's about fulfilling others' dreams, others coming to fruition, others, their words of prophecy coming true, or the blessings that they would encounter. And so Elizabeth would signify that. Now let's look at the main character, Mary. Okay? And uh, this one I don't really need to expound. I think the scripture will speak for itself. Chapter 1, verses 46 to 49. Amijin, you're the woman in our group, so would you read this portion? 
verses 46 to 49. So for Mary, what was her sense of fulfillment about? But we know that uh, personally, she's the one who carried the Messiah in her womb. And the fact that he's born, the fact that she was the instrument of God to bring forth the Messiah, that itself is a fulfillment on its own. But there's something more that is being mentioned here in her hymn to God. This is like a hymn. And, and they actually make a lot of uh, oratorio out of this him. It's called Magnificat. You might have heard of that. You know, sometimes the choir sings uh, the Magnificat of Mary. And uh, so it is like a praise unto the Lord. And she says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. But what is the content about? Most scholars, when they look at this content, they associate right away with the prayer of Hannah in the first Samuel. And that prayer is very much like the prayer of, or the praise of Mary here. And the content has to do with God taking people in the lowly position. People who are despised, who are ignored, who are the marginal of the society. And God redeeming them, God elevating them, God acknowledging them. And bringing down those who are proud and haughty and arrogant and powerful. And, you know, this kind of sense of justification, sense of vindication, sense of redemption, speaks volumes to people who are always oppressed and neglected. And later on, Mary experienced this once again when she ends up in Bethlehem. And there's no place for she and Joseph and the baby. The innkeeper said that there's no room here for you. And she would experience the rejection simply because she's just a commoner. But again, that is being fulfilled here. She's realizing that, hey, maybe God is interested in people like me, a commoner. And all the people that she would experience, except for the Magi, of course, are going to be commoners, as we'll see but before we talk about other individuals, now let's go to the angels who also witnessed this. And for them, it was a tremendous sense of fulfillment. Let's uh, turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. And let's have Brother Jinyuk read that out loud. Okay, it seems like most people, they can identify with something that happens in the earthly realm and in their personal realm. And they say, wow, we've been praying for this, we've been longing this, and finally it is being fulfilled. And that's how Mary felt, that's how Elizabeth felt, that's how other figures that we'll be studying, they felt about that. But most people do not realize that in the heavenly realm, from the perspective of the throne of God and all that is happening around that throne, this is a real sense of fulfillment. All these angels have been waiting because God had told them that I'm going to send my son and he's going to be incarnated and he's going to now fulfill his role as the Messiah. He's going to be the Savior of my people Israel and Savior of the world. And that was about to be fulfilled through Jesus being born. 
here on earth. And the angels were witnessing all that. As a matter of fact, a host of angels appeared that very night to the shepherds. And only these shepherds actually witnessed these host of angels. But in the heavenly, can you imagine the company and, of angels? That was just tremendous celebration on that day of Christmas. Even though when Jesus was born, except for a handful of people, no one recognized him. His existence, his presence was oblivious to rest of the world. But in heaven, all of heaven were observing this. So for them, it was a fulfillment that they have been waiting for all these years. For thousands of years, they've been waiting for this to be fulfilled. And this has finally been fulfilled. So I know that it's difficult for us to identify, but you know, with my father and my grandmother and my own sister being in heaven now, they're part of this company. They're able to see certain things that we cannot even see. We cannot even recognize. But they're able to see it, and for them it's a fulfillment. And I think they are praying for us, and uh, we will come to that reckoning when we go there and meet them, and they will greet us with something like, Hey, we've been praying for you. And we, our prayers really brought about you know, God uh, bringing fulfillment into your lives. I believe that their intercession is meaningful and powerful in heaven. So even in heaven, things are being brought to fulfillment. And we can rejoice in that fact. Okay, now let's go to the, perhaps the most humble of all the company of people who have witnessed the birth of Jesus. Now, let's go to the shepherds. And uh, Pastor Jamie, can you read for us chapter 2, verses 15 to 20? Amen. Now, the shepherds were perhaps the most unique of them all here. Well, not just because the angels appeared to them. They saw this tremendous uh, epiphany and appearance of the angelic host singing and praising unto God and bringing forth this prophetic message to them. Not only that, but the fact of the matter is, in comparison to all these people that we'll be studying today, they, they weren't waiting and longing. They weren't hoping. They were praying and interceding. They pretty much had none of that. Maybe they were like the most common people, lower class people, who expected the Messiah to come, but they weren't deeply religious folks. They were just plain folks. They didn't even expect this. And things became fulfilled in their lives. And they had a tremendous testimony to tell everybody. You know, we didn't expect this, but how, how come we were chosen? Out of all the possible people, how come God didn't choose the high priests in Jerusalem? How come He didn't choose some, a company of Pharisees or Sadducees? Why us? So sometimes things get fulfilled not because we qualify ourselves, because we've been praying, we've been longing, we've been having faith and persevering, but simply because it's the grace of God. And shepherds didn't do anything to qualify this at all. At all. But it was a special privilege that was given to them. The Lord, He just dumped His heavenly blessings upon this 
very lowly group of people to show them that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't even matter whether you're prepared or not. When the Lord comes and He appears, He's going to penetrate into all the lower sectors of the society. And this is exactly what happened in the case of the shepherds. Now let's look at some persons who have perhaps more than anybody waited for a long, long time because there were people who were endowed with special prophetic abilities and intercessory gifting. And these are two figures that I really dearly love. And these are Simeon and Anna. One is an elderly man and other is an elderly woman. And I think there's something about Simeon and Anna that is very profound and prophetic for us. So let's, uh, let's meditate on Simeon. Let's have uh, a Mijin. Let's go back to Mijin. Can you read chapter 2, verses 25 to 32? Amen. So in Simeon's case, more than anybody, he was a, a prophetic type of person and also a very devout, a saintly type of person. So he was fully qualified and beyond qualification. So for people like Simeon, they had the ability to recognize the timing of the Lord and the fulfillment of the promise of God. But he had waited a long time. And he was almost at an age when he could die at any moment. And But right there at the last moment of his last season of his life, the Lord appears in the form of a little child. And he recognized it right there and he says, Oh, now you, you may dismiss your servant. Now you could take me out of the scene. You can call me to heaven. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. So, especially those people have the prophetic insight, a special sensitivity in their spirits to recognize the revelation of God. They can see how God would bring things to fulfillment. And most of us, we are left in the dark until God sheds special light through others, other messengers, sometimes angels would appear, and so forth. But Simeon was different. Simeon didn't need any of that because he could see it directly with his inner eyes, inner spirit. Why? Because he's been waiting and praying for a long time. When you wait and pray for a long time, there's a certain type of... Uh, recognition that gets materialized. Almost like that image about that, that reality, that fulfillment, becomes something real inside of you. And it's almost like you're birthing that image or birthing that baby. And that's exactly what happened in the case of Simeon. Now let's look at Anna. She's kind of similar but a little bit different. Okay? And Jinyo, can you read Anna's excerpt? Chapter 2, verses 36 to 38. Amen. So Anna is someone who is kind of similar to Simeon, but you may not call her necessarily prophet in the sense of like someone who is going around proclaiming and broadcasting and, and declaring the will of God. She was more of a silent prophetess. You might say more of a prophetic intercessor. So she's been spending all these years to the age of 84, praying, praying and interceding constantly, spending 
most of her time in the temple, worshiping day and night, constantly fasting, constantly persevering in prayer. And the fulfillment happened as though she spiritually birthed the Messiah. Mary physically birthed the Messiah, but someone like Anna spiritually birthed the Messiah. So that brings so much joy to intercessors or the prophetic type of figures like Anna and, and Simeon. So we see an illustration of someone like that here in this Christmas story as well. And then finally, we come to the Magi. Now, they are also a very unique category, and we'll see why very soon. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and 9 and 11. Pastor Jamie, can you read that for us? Amen. So the Magi, who are they? I mean, I'm sure by now you know a little bit about them. Most scholars think that they probably came from Persia, and they were Gentiles. They were of very high class in a political sense, but also in a religious sense. They were wealthy, prestigious. They didn't quite fit into the picture image of all these other commoners that we see. They were one of a kind, category of people. And yet, they had this hunger, spiritual hunger, to search for truth. And some scholars think that they came at the truth by actually looking at the, the Hebrew scripture or meditating on some of the prophecies, which had nothing to do with them personally. It was for the Jewish nation. And yet, they were seekers of truth. And in the process, they were able to come up with this prophecy that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. And then a star appeared to them. And uh, they followed this supernatural star, and that star led them westward and then down southward and from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And so they just simply followed the star. And now some scholars think that this must have taken over a year or so. Uh, they, they think that uh, this whole journey took a long, long time. And remember, they were not in the manger scene. You know, sometimes we place the magi along with the shepherds in the same manger scene, but that's wrong, that's erroneous. They appeared at the house because now finally they, Jesus' family, they probably were able to enter into a house and stay there until they escaped to Egypt. And so during that time when they stayed in the house, the magi appeared. So they appeared sometime later after Jesus was born. And uh, they appeared in this house and they immediately recognized Jesus. They brought their treasures and offerings and they worshipped Jesus. So how did the Magi experienced this sense of fulfillment of what they were longing for, what they were questing for. It happened after a long journey. I think this concept of the journey for Magi is very much related to the concept of pregnancy of Mary. Mary had to wait nine, ten months, you know, bearing that child in her womb. And it was a journey for her. But for Magi, it was actually a geographical journey, physical migration. 
seeking and searching. Sometimes we go through that. Sometimes we have to seek for a long time before we get at the truth. I know that uh, my 10 years or so, now it's going to be about 11 years, of stay here in Korea has been a journey. And I, I always wondered, what was this about? Did I just make a decision to come out here and, and take a break before I go back to the States? Or what is this about? And now I'm realizing this journey of 11 years was a, a deep processing, which, has kind of, which is kind of coming to a culmination. And I feel like there are certain truths that God has granted in my heart, certain things that I process, certain experiences that I could never have had, certain understanding about Korea and the heart of Korea and all those things just coming to a sense of culmination and fulfillment. But it took that journey of over 10, 11 years. And that was required of me. So I could identify with Magi who saw the star and they simply followed the star. It was a long, arduous journey, but they were faithful in the process. And then finally, they see the fulfillment of their vision in the form of their little child lying in that, uh, in that house, in the, in the mother's arms. And then they, they were able to uh, recognize him and, and they worshipped him. And so we see all these wonderful stories of individuals who experienced a sense of fulfillment. And they all went through different types of journeys, different types of experiences in order to come to that point. So in the Bible, it's very interesting that you will never see just one type. So a preacher should never say, only this kind of category of people will receive this kind of blessing or they will receive this kind of fulfillment or this kind of miracle that will happen if you abide by certain, certain way. There's no formula in the Bible. As a matter of fact, the Bible is from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There's a diversity, variations, all kinds of possibilities in the way God operates and the type of people that He chooses too. The variety of people, Every, everyone from the Magi to the shepherds, from the prophetic type to just a humble little teenage girl named Mary. You know. And even the angels in heaven and the shepherds here on earth, it's diversity, it covers everything. And so I'm just amazed by the narratives of, that we see about Christmas in Luke chapters 1 and 2 and Matthew chapters 1 and 2. Okay? So I hope uh, you can be blessed by this, even though we started off with a sort of a sad news, someone that we love, and we need to pray for this person and, and their household as well at this time. And I hope that we can be encouraged to do that even more through the study of the Scripture. Let's pray together.